just a quick note to say that watching and podcasting this movie really did drive us to drink. And while we usually drop a few F-bombs in our podcasts, near the end of this, we get pretty salty. So if you've got small children, this might not be a podcast to put on while they're around. Don't blame us, blame Mel Gibson. Welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical costume movie podcast. Hi, I'm Tristan L. Bass, your host, and I'm here with our original Broadway recording cast of Kendra Van Cleve and Sarah Lorraine and our special guest podcaster, Brenna Barks. And today we are taking on one of our favorites for snark week it's you know it you love it it's braveheart yes Uh Yes. that's right (laughs) mel gibson's epic scottish wankfest wankfest that's right from 1995 and that's particularly why we have brenda here because she has a special knowledge Tell us a little about your background. I have a master's degree from the University of Edinburgh. Sorry, there have been several cocktails. Um, Shocking, I know. And my particular focus is Scottish dress. Excellent. And Brenna has done a few articles for us before. You may remember her from the epic... um, Outlander. Outlander. Yeah, real deal about Tartan for yes. Outlander. Excellent. And I've appeared on a couple of the Outlander podcasts. Yes, you exactly. Have. Always, yeah. always a big sell. <laughs> the kilts, yeah. kilts in Scotland. Well, yeah. what what's not to love? And I have my own website, brennaariel.com, and I'm the managing editor at Worn Through. Excellent. And so we have a little basic background about this movie for the like two of you who don't remember this. Amazing, <coughs> epic contribution to cinematic history. Something. Yes. So, Sarah here. I just have to say, I have I have history with this movie. I have a little bit of damage, and I probably have mentioned it on a podcast before. I feel like I have, but yes. uh, but back in the day when this movie came out in 1995, 22 years ago, because that's a thousand and a half years ago. Um, I was a wee little high schooler with a, a edgy metalhead boyfriend with long hair who was in the SCA and who was into Scottish costume and history. And so, of course, when Braveheart came out, what did I have to do? I had to sit through, I'm serious, about six times I saw Braveheart in the theater in costume sitting in the front row I have probably scars from like chainmail indented in my ass for life um, because of this movie. So, so when it came around to Snark Week, um, we've always caught, tossed around, you know, a couple of different shitty movies for Snark Week, and I basically said, well, you know, we could do Braveheart, we could get Brenna on, it'll be great. So that's how this whole thing started, and we suffered for you. Basically. Oh, yes. It took us probably about twice as long to watch this movie than it probably needed to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Braveheart, for all you, we fell on that grenade. 
That's right. Can I just, can I just point out that as we very thoroughly discussed during the epic watching of this, it's three hours long, and if you saw it six times, that's like, what? It's nearly 24, 24 hours, hours of, of my life. Of hell. Yeah. I'm so get back. sorry. I will never, a whole this day of my I'm life, so sorry. I'll never get back. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, take care of some of the basics. Um, obviously, it's Mel Gibson. He directed, he starred. Um, who is the costume designer? Costumer was Charles Node or Knode. Knode. K N O D E. I'm sure it's Node. Um, this guy, he actually. <laughs> Of many things that he, he costumed were actually some of some of my favorite movies. Um, we're talking about uh, Life of Brian, which... He's forgiven everything. Basically. Yes. Everything. It, it, it puts us into kind of a moral conflict because Life of Brian is literally like Splitter. one of the best movies. Yeah, Splitter. <laughs> Are we the Judean People's Front or the People's Front of Judea? People's oh. Front of Judea. Okay. And Entirely. then he also did Blade Runner, which is beautifully it is costumed amazing. and beautifully shot. He did Legend, which is one that I'm kind of wavering on covering for Frock Flicks. It sort of straddles that it, period slash fantasy. It's a, it's a beautiful fantasy film. Tom Cruise, um, notwithstanding. Um, well, that goes for anything that has Tom Cruise in it, doesn't true, it? Yes. True, true. Yeah, well, Tom Cruise was the Mel Gibson of the 80s. Oh, Actually, you should seriously oh. have me on for um, Last Samurai. Oh, oh. oh, that's a good one. Yes, but, uh, noted. So those are, those are his uh, most famous ones that he's done. He uh, He's done a few, other, I mean, several others, but these are the ones that he was most well-known for. So, mm-hmm. Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Was uh, yeah, this guy, and and I'm sure. Just I think it's actually probably worth saying um, if you're like me, saw the movie when it came out back in 1995 and haven't seen it since. I'm sure you remember that it's set in medieval Scotland, but it's specifically set in 11 12. 12. It starts in 1280, 1280 and then it jumps and then, ahead about 20 years. So it's okay. set in around 1300 yes. to like 1308. Right, it's roughly and, that right. period of time. And the whole story is of William Wallace, who is a real historical person. Um, who may or may not have looked like Mel Gibson. Or done anything that was shown in this movie, but him leading a rebellion against the English, which I'm still very confused about. So, so we As just, well you should be. We could, we could because just... Because nothing was cleared up in that film. No. So we could just like skip to the chase and basically say that like nothing in this movie is historically accurate in any way, shape, and form, except for like the names they used. But I, we're actually going to... There was a person named William Wallace, and, and there was another Robert person Bruce. named Robert the Bruce, and there was an Edward the First. And we're done. Yeah, Isabella of France. Oh yeah, and Isabella d'Angelem. No, she's just Isabella of France. She's Isabella of France. Okay. Yes. The the she wolf of France. Yes. Yes. She wolf. Yeah. She becomes the yeah. she-wolf of France. Right. Like, I'm not mistaken. She was badass. Yeah, she was. Um, well, I, I, can I pause before that yes, and just say, if you people could see my hair right now. <laughs> it's pretty, you know what? I'll take a photo and we'll post it to Oh, please uh, do. Yeah, because it shows. It's pretty good. It really shows what I have just been through. Yeah. You will want the um, uh, play-by-play uh, video, video, audio-visual of AIDS for this uh, podcast. Wait, AIDS? Audio visual aids. Not sexual. Oh, I was aids. thinking of the kind of, you know, autoimmune. <laughs> no. This is, the, this is cinematic AIDS. No. Yes. No, yes. no, no, no. I just, that that I just want to say that they said, oh, let's do Braveheart. And Sarah remembers me a year ago apparently saying no. And of course I did, but that was an uneducated no. And then this time they said, oh, let's do Braveheart and we'll have Brenna on. And I thought, great, Brenna is fun and she knows shit about Scottish history and that sounds great. This. 
fucking movie just killed. This was dire. Like this it, was terrible. If it helps at all, I made my brother, who is the family military historian, and his specific area of expertise is about the time period that this film is set through the English Civil War. Um, I don't know if he's talking to me at all because I did make him watch it with me. So I'm kind friends of in the don't, shit house. Friends don't let friends watch Braveheart. <laughs> at least not alone. So if it, you haven't seen it in 20 years, it's that bad. It's <laughs> really, really fucking tedious ass wank fest. I mean, to, to give you some perspective for an article I'm writing, I'm interviewing people by email, etc. And one of these people happens to be a Scottish person pursuing a Scottish studies degree at the University of Edinburgh. And her reaction to a question about Outlander was, thank God it wasn't Braveheart. So if that helps to yes. give you perspective, there it's it is. Pretty bad. I just needed to get that out. Now back to your so regular schedule. So now we've you're not alone. Podcast. We've all been traumatized by Braveheart in Hence various the cocktails. Ways. Yes. yes. It's true. So um, normally in a podcast uh, about a historical costume movie, we would discuss the um, costumes and how they... Uh, how much they are uh, representative of the historical period, etc., blah, 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 blah. But there's really no, no bearing in this um, film because it is set in the 13th and 14th centuries in Scotland. And um, let's face it, uh, <laughs> the movie... Um, is wildly inaccurate. So let's, for the first thing, the kilt. Okay. Um, now, okay, everybody, like, comes after me because, oh, well, you know, if you say you can't be sure, then how do you really know? Um, I have a lot of background and training in assessing all of the historical sources, so I'm able to make an educated guess. However, that whole thing aside, the earliest that we have any depiction of the quilt is at least 100, 150 years after the time period of this film. Secondly, the... Which, oh, which what would the date be? Um, just throw that out there. So, okay, this film is set about 1280 to, say, 1310. The earliest we have depictions of the quilt is about, let's say, 1450. Really? That early? Mm-hmm. I remember... Yeah. Years ago, when I was doing research because of this freaking movie, let me mind you, <laughs> um, that uh, that the earliest I I remember ever seeing anything was basically late 16th century. But of course, that was 20 years ago, so I'm sure, sure. you know academia has advanced considerably in 20 years. I would hope. So that's interesting that it was that early. But the point is, is 1300 yeah. kilts didn't exist, or if. If they did, they didn't exist in how they were portrayed. As exactly. Well, well and admittedly, what I'm talking about is a <clears throat> carving on a grave oh, on yes. the islands. So it's like you have to understand. There's this huge. There, there are essentially two Scotlands we're talking about. Yes. We're talking about Highland and Island Scotland versus Lowland Scotland. Of course. And this is an island grave depicting something that might be a kilt because you know this is 1450 it's exposed to the elements we may not actually know what we're looking at mm -hmm. and then um the earliest reference to anything called tartan is 
Um, at least a hundred years later. Yeah, and let's pause and say that this is taking place in and around Sterling, which yes. is basically considered the gateway to the Highlands, but that means it's in the Lowlands. So yes. Lowlands Scotland is very different, and so what you're saying, not only is there a date problem, there's also a geography problem. Oh, there's a huge geogra geography problem starting from, you know, second one of the film. It's like it opens and, okay, the Heelands. The Heelands. Dearly front. There was much quoting of So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, heads. 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 No. There's a bleeper, Dean. Anyways. Sorry. Um, Gate movie. Hashtag mid-90s movie madness. Um, but it's like, okay, setting aside the fact that the Braveheart was, in fact, Robert the Bruce, which is my first problem with the film <laughs> on second one. But why are we in the Highlands? William Wallace was born in Ayrshire, which is the same shire that Glasgow sits in, which is very solidly in the Lowlands. And yes. he never set foot, and as far as we know, in the fucking Highlands, but apparently he's a Highlander because yes. it's not Scotland unless there are Highlands and bagpipes. And right. it's worth saying that, you know, I mean, you got to remember we're talking about the medieval era here. People don't move around. I'm not saying people don't travel. Of course they do, but not in any oh, way, goodness. shape, or form. Mm -hmm in mass numbers or anything like that. And so there are huge cultural differences between Highland and Lowland Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, and to just say it's Scotland is grossly over-exaggerating things. Yes, in fact, um, it was only very recently a unified country. And yes. um, the whole kingship aspect in the background of the time period aside, um, it was actually Alexander II's who was just one generation ahead, who had rather brutally unified everything. Until then, Scotland had actually been several separate kingdoms. Yes. So it's we're looking at maybe a 15-year gap between, you know, oh, they're them and we're us, and oh, we're all one Scotland. So mm -hmm. it's it's there's so much bullshit. It's not right. really funny. <laughs> so again, the idea that it would be us Scots versus those English... I think people probably would have felt just as foreign if, say, you were lowlands, you would have felt the English were low, were foreign, but the Highlanders would have been very foreign too. But yeah, anyway, so but back to yeah, the yeah, there was no express to the Highlands, strangely no, enough. Yeah, no, no, no Hogwarts Express. Um, but back to the clothes, and I'm sure a lot of people would think, well, but Scotland isn't that men wore kilts, so what would they have worn if they didn't wear kilts? Is there documentation for what men did? Like, is there documentation for other? lower body garments for men before 1450. Of course. I and mean, that it's the be... same as any medieval topic. Um, you know, men wore um, hose, they wore tunics, they wore the usual medieval garb. And um, So it's not like we're saying we don't have any evidence what men wore. We're no. saying we have evidence that men wore tunics, hose, etc., and no evidence of kilts until 1450. Yes. So. And, I mean, this idea that somehow, because it's 1300 instead of 2017, that no one was in communication with each other is, yeah, that's a whole other podcast in and of itself, <laughs> I imagine. Right. So can we then, uh, I think we should, that would be fun to go back and forth between the history and the execution. So can we talk about the, was that out <laughs> the execution of the kilts? Oh, I was talking, talking about the execution of William Wallace. Oh, no. That, oh, no, it's at the very end, yeah. the actual execution. Oh, I just <laughs> meant how shitty the fucking kilts were. I mean, they looked like, yes. you know, you go into Joanne's and they have that 
fuzzy yes. cotton, poly cotton, flannel, flannel yes. uh, you know, fabric. It looked like that. It looked like they took about two yards of it and box pleated it. I mean, these were like the skimpiest kilts you've ever seen yes. in your life. Box pleated some shitty ass fabric and then sort of slung a piece of it over and tied it with this random piece of leather that was attached to the shirt. Are you sure it was leather? leather? Because I'm was pretty leather. sure that it looked leather, like leather the sport. sort of like tear off bits that you get when you open a bag of garbage bin yes. liners. Yes. You know, the wire bits, that's pretty much what it looked <laughs> like. Twist <laughs> it was essentially a leather Now, I will throw out this one one little bit of inside info. Just so, <laughs> ancient, uh, good, uh, I don't even know how many years ago this was, but it, it was some time ago where I was um, uh, a part of a uh, uh, fashion, show. fashion show where a, a, a friend of mine who had bought some uh, pieces of costume from that were from actually from Braveheart. She she had bought a bunch of it was it was a bit a number of costume pieces from various um uh movie pieces and one of uh, the pieces was from Braveheart and it was an extra from of a Scots person Scotsman of generic you know one of the back background people um Scotsman that my husband actually wore and it actually didn't look that bad. So you're, you're looking on the screen, you're thinking, and, and now, of course, we're picking it apart, but looking at this specific costume, and I remember it, and it looked, it was, it was a um, pleated um, kilt, you know, is stitched down, and, and having done uh, Scots in the Ren Faire, it was the kind of thing that we would have done. We we did, you know, pleated down the skirt because it was easier. I mean, sometimes we hand pleated it and belted it. Sometimes we um, stitched it down. It depended on, you know, if you wanted to be fast or if you had the time. It was totally, you know, what you wanted to do as a personal thing. But for the movie, they stitched it down because it was a movie. You had to, you know. You can't have extra yeah, fussing with you, their own. Exactly. You had, it was a time crunch. So, and it, was, and it felt, thing. at least, I mean, I wasn't doing a burn test, but it felt like wool. Um, it was very, as a heavy feel. And there was a, a kind of a, a, a big shirt, a big puffy shirt, mm -hmm. and a plaid skirt, a plaid shirt, a skirt, and a, a over, that um, went over the shoulder. And it did have the, um, they were looked like running shoes, um, you know, gym shoes, <laughs> with a bunch of shit uh, hot glued on the on all over them to look look like those classic fourteenth uh, century hot glue guns. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, uh, on, on, the, on the legs, <laughs> uh, you know, to to look like boots or rat legging wraps or something like that. Um, so that part actually, I was kind of impressed because it was a good theatrical look and for you know someone filling out a scene in the um you know in one of the war scenes i was thinking all right this was not bad this was not bad um uh, if there were you know 20 of these guys in this kind of uh in these kind of costumes thinking this was pretty decently done it was weird because having seen one of those in person and then seeing on screen some of the um, uh, uh, kind of the hero shots uh, of the main characters, like, 
the main characters were actually not as good as some of the what I had seen as the background characters. So one of the things I will say in defense of this movie is that there's no defense. <laughs> the English. Let's talk about the English oh costumes. Oh my god. You shut up. <laughs> I'm just filled with loathing. She Usually I'm the one who's it. like, well, let's consider this. No, I'm filled like, with loathing. Then, then let, me, let me just say my piece. And that then you is can completely my reaction load the, You can load the fuck out of it later. So one of the things, like 20 years ago when I, you know, this movie first came out and I was all hot and bothered about like historical accuracy because that's what I was all about. And I hated the fact that... that so our tagline on Frockflix yes. is... Because stretch velvet is not historically accurate. And that is what, from Bra- Braveheart. That is, is from Braveheart. 100% from Braveheart. So, so I want to say that because of that, you know, that, that movie, this movie has always had kind of this, you know, it's, it's been the, the apex of, or apex, apex of like the, yes. the in, in terms of how, how shitty, you know, all the costuming can possibly be. But now watching it 20 years later, and I have softened in my old age, I will admit, I was watching the English uh, portions, the especially the costumes of the nobility. We're talking the princess, the you know King Edward and Prince Edward, and those costumes. Yes, stretch velvet all the way up the wazoo, completely fake, but were nicely done. And I actually had kind of, you know, enjoyed those costumes now as a person significantly older than I was when I first no, saw the movie. No, we're all glaring at her. However, I'm shaking my head. And here's sadly. me, the one who's all like into historical accuracy more than you fuckers. But anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah, the lines but, are right. But, 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 let me, let me just say, let me just say the one thing that they did get right, and I will give them absolute 100% fucking props for this because almost no other movie set in the Middle Ages ever does this, is that they had the princess in a wimple and veil. They never, ever, ever do that in any movies. At and least so, until she shags from more. the neck up. And she's like she's all down home when you know in the yeah. Highlands at that point. Yeah, from the neck up, she's beautiful. <laughs> it's just from the neck down, she's all strips of velvet and zippers and, and drink more. And, it will hurt less. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it is you know the stretch velvet, and, and it's just uh, like oh, she's like just a pretty, pinks. pretty. Pretty, pretty princess. Baby pink stretch velvet and like fucking gold puff paint and yeah. and grommets and but she's wearing a wimple. Thing. Okay, and well, I will give them Neck this. Down. Not only was she wearing a wimple, they actually made the <clears throat> excuse me made the wimple look gorgeous. Yeah. Which she usually, was. if they bother to do a wimple, it's on an older person yes. and they're supposed to look like a biddy. Yeah. So I will give them that shears and you know trimmings and things it's like beautiful. that. Beautiful. Um, which was really good. And the hair Neck and the hair too. Neck up. And um. I think I'm quoting the Guardian review at the time, um, or misquoting is probably more accurate. But anyway, um, as the Scot, as far as the Scots go, I think that um, you know, it's like it's so wrong and it's so the wrong century. The way this person described it, and I'm I'm sorry, too many cocktails, I've forgotten the person's name. But the way they put it was, um, it's basically like setting an American Revolutionary um, War film like, in the modern day, wearing contemporary three-piece suits, but backwards. That's <laughs> how wrong the costume is. It's off by several centuries, and it's even being worn incorrectly, I, as yeah. far as the Scots go. But I, I agree with Sarah that the lines for the people in England are correct. It's in the unfortunate crouched stretch velvet that I'm, I'm pretty sure I had one or two things 
It's pretty. Oh, yeah. Look into his wardrobe. Oh, his wardrobe is filled with that. I was. I would wear all of that to a Lord of the Rings event. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm like, you know, that is like, it's, you know, crushed, stretch velvet, really not historically. Oh, it completely isn't. Neither is tartan at this point. The earliest mention we have of tartan is like 1500. That doesn't mean it didn't exist before then, but it's a distinctly Highland thing. So about the Scottish costumes. Okay. Um, well, for one, William Wallace was not a Highlander, so he would not have been wearing a kilt, and he would if not have been wearing. If a kilt existed. If a kilt existed, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to say that just because we don't have evidence, it didn't exist a hundred years previous to our first may or may not be evidence. But he wasn't. It, the kilt and tartan are distinctly Highland. I, I mean, I realize that this is anathema to everyone, but there, you know, there is but, more of the lowlands than there is of the highlands. But how will we know it's Scotland if there aren't kilts and bagpipes? Yeah. <laughs> you. Yes. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, though. They have brogue. That's how you can tell. But it's a terrible brogue. Yeah, oh, like, my God, Mel Gibson, uh, please never. Oh, it's a terrible the people in this film are not Scottish, and you can tell. I'm like, 99%? There's like that one, that, the one guy with the Glasgow smile. The Glasgow yeah. smile. The man who plays um, Robert the Bruce is, in fact, a Glaswegian. Oh. But, but for whatever reason, him. they have decided that Robert the Bruce speaks with RP. I have no idea well, why. Have you ever listened to a Glaswegian? You can't understand yes, the goddamn have. word. I, I have a linguistics degree, so I'm cheating. But, you know. Well, I just think also, so I, I do think it was interesting that they didn't seem to do clan tartan. So it didn't seem because it was I, buffalo plaid. It was well, very definitely pre hipster. But I'll give I'll, but I'll give them that it's not like they had twenty people all in the same plaid to say oh we're one clan and then here's another twenty people in another plaid to say we're this clan. Yes, so, and I mean smart. okay, I I my my mentions are going to explode now because nobody wants to hear this. But clan tartan is a very recent yes invention. How it, recent? Um, always 19th, worth restating. Nineteenth yes. century. I would okay. Waverly was published in 1814, which is a novel by by Sir Walter Scott that led to a huge revival or it's, interest in all things Scottish and romanticized it. Yes, epically so. And I, uh, I mean, my personal thesis is that he was drawing on the only thing he could see, tartan. Um, okay, my own thinking on this has had to be adjusted because part of the problem is is that you you spend a lot of your academic life unlearning the things you learned in undergrad or early um, postgraduate work. And so there's this big idea that the um, 1746 Prescription Act outlawed all tartan. You know, it. yes, it was technically outlawed, but... One, they did not prohibit the manufacture of tartan. And I'm like, if you really want to eliminate something, you say, no, you can't make any more. Um, two, the Highlands were quite poor, and they didn't go around saying, well, this is the only clothing you own. Too bad. You get to be buck naked. Take it off. Um, the other thing is that there was this little loophole. You could wear tartan if you were in a regiment. And those are the first official sets that we have, and that's S-E-T-T-S, and that's the specific pattern for a tartan. 
um, and Black Watch being the oldest one. And it identified you as a member of a specific army, regiment, group, etc. So that's the whole origin as far as I'm considered, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Sir Walter Scott didn't have anything to draw on. He was a Borderlands person. He did not, he was not a Highlander. He had no Highland origins. He was basically uh, Julian Fellows inventing Downton Abbey, only 19th century style. He was very conservative. He had this idea about, you know, fealty to your laird and, you know, bowing the neck. Wasn't it wonderful back in the day when the little people knew their place? Yes, exactly. And he, as far as I'm concerned, I think he pulled, um, you know, Clan Turton from the regiments he saw, Black Watch, the various Highland regiments, etc. It's a uniform. The only time you're in a uniform is when you're in the military or, you know, now if you're in a, in a particular school. So the idea of, of a clan tartan is very, it's very, very recent. It's older than, say, American Thanksgiving, and I'm not giving up my four-day holiday, albeit that it's based on horrific genocide. But... You know, it's people really, really get mad at me when I say no. It was not ancient. Um, it's a very recent thing. So you won't have various clans wearing various tartans. People have always been very individual. How many of us have said, "Well, I really like this trend, but I'm not going to wear it because everybody else is wearing it." Mm -hmm. Come on, <laughs> human behavior doesn't change. So yes, the idea that there are not specific clan tartans is actually really refreshing, but we're really not looking at Tartan, honestly. I, I know that there are people who specifically design things, and that since we're dealing with film rather than digital and HD, they were designing things that would show up well then as opposed to our current technology. But it's, it's honestly, it's all buffalo plaid sort of thing <laughs> that we all wore in the 90s, so... As a flannel overshirt. Yeah, it, yeah. it's Nirvana right there. <laughs> right. Only muddy. Right. <laughs> yes. And then, and, oh, okay. Well, and, and in some ways, it's actually, it's kind of better that it's kind of a muddy thing because there, if, if, if they had gone too specific, it wouldn't have been, quote, historical uh, because the, 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 you know, the super historical not even historical, but the, oh, let's name X clan as X, Y, plaid, blah, mm -hmm. blah, 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 bullshit, was not, um, you know, fixated until the mid to late 19th century. Which as is a, a thing. good six centuries later. Exactly. And that was um, as a revival, mostly a Victorian thing, mm -hmm. often X even more of an English revival. There's a lot of yes, political... Yes, it taps into William Morris. It yes, taps into it, all of the neo-Gothic, pre-Raphaelite, yes, yes. whatever. And, and the, the, there, there were definitely plaids mm -hmm. used. I mean, there were plaids used farther back. There were plaids used uh, yes, in mean, the 16th century. There were plaids used in the 15th century. But mm -hmm. it was just plaids because it yes. was nice to weave... Different Designs, motifs, motifs. And, and plaids mm -hmm. as a motif to weave. 
In fact, because, uh, when, because people could weave these things, yeah. and they were the technologies were available to people. Yes, and, and that's the other thing is that people people have a tendency to think te of technology as only your smartphone. It's like no, um, yes. what okay. kind of loom you have. Yes, in exactly. fact, if you go far enough back, even writing is a technology. Yes. If you have no literacy, writing is a technology, and um, you know. The way we get most of the clan plaids are, or the clan tartans, is is honestly because when this register, which was founded in London, yes, exactly, um, started and they started writing to the Highland chief, um, clan chieftains, they were like, "What is your what is your clan tartan?" And they were like, they had no idea uh. what was being referenced, <laughs> yeah. and so they just went up into the attic and they said, "Here, here's a, here's yeah. a swatch. This is our clan tartan." Or other people who may not have had a clan chieftain, they were walking into, and it wasn't all Wilsons of Bannockburn, but you know, just to use them right. as an example because they're the most prominent. They're like, "What's my clan tartan?" Wilson Bannockburn, uh, <laughs> randomly, secretly pulling one off the wall. This one, this one's yours. Yes. Here you go. You can have that one. It, it's. It's all very recent, and it, it fits into that Victorian zeitgeist yes. of, histor of history yes. and romanticizing the medieval period, mm -hmm. and we're all still dealing with that. Yeah. Yay. Fuck the Victorians. Oh, my God. <laughs> they fucked everything up. But, so but at this, the Albertonian age. He was but the at the same time, there were <laughs> plaids before that. Yes. Well, plaid is very ancient. I mean, plaid I mean, there's, there's itself. Exam there's examples of plaid in yeah. ancient Egypt, like textiles. But check patterns are kind of universal. Yeah. You see them in Africa. You see them in Egypt. You see yeah. them um, in Japan. You see them yeah. in Scotland. Obviously, in fact, yeah. there is um, there is an example of what we refer to as the shepherd's tartan mm -hmm. or shepherd's plaid that dates to the Roman period. Yeah, and I think that's part of the confusion that gets that happens, where it's like, well, there was some kind of plaid or tartan happening, and we're gonna backdate it. Yes, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna back we're gonna back document it as well. This was a clan tartan. No, it was just that we had the looms and we could do this and it was cool because we wanted some kind of different pretty fabric pretty fabric because human beings are magpies yeah i mean we don't want to just have the same old same old mm -hmm. and it's cool except in this movie apparently everyone did want to wear the burlap <sighs> oh god and then oh gosh yeah i'm like how many people are wearing what was basically a sack of potatoes and they cut a hole in the top so seriously oh, oh. William or the macrame but William <laughs> what Wallace's was this thing shirt his first shirt the sleeveless shirt when he shows up and it, uh, back. the muscle shirt yes the muscle, muscle. shirt to show off his arms because he'd been working out when he shows well, up back from France welcome to the oh. gun show yes oh. Oh. with first off random decorative stitching that had no uh, no purpose whatsoever, like two inches in from the edge. It's it, kind of on the seam line. 
It Maybe. wasn't even like a hammer. Maybe it was the woman's uh, stuff. Yeah, I don't know. And then whatever. down the front, at first I thought, so the, the front um, neck was split and laced. And at first I thought it was grommets. It wasn't even grommets. They were metal washers. Oh, yeah, that. Metal yeah. This, washers. This, this muscle shirt is contrasted with like the opening scene in which we finally see people after we've rolled over the highlands where we shouldn't be. But, you know, that's just me being a bitch. Anyway, uh, that aside... <laughs> Yeah. And like the first people you see, they've got some sort of weird. I bought it at Joanne's on yeah. bargain sale flannel wrapped around yeah. their legs, and everybody else has long sleeves because it's yeah. cold in Scotland. But when William Wallace shows up because he's been working out, no, 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 I can wear my underwear. It's fine. Yeah. What about I mean, the guy who's What about the guy who was wearing like the packing blanket? Yes. yes. <laughs> it looked like a, like. What mo when you're when you're getting a, uh, a a U-Haul and <laughs> and there's a mover's blanket in the back it was blue and he's and using that and he's wearing that as a as a as a, a as a coat yes. yeah I mean because seriously yeah. this is the textiles that they are using in this movie and it's not it's not historical it's just random and and there's boiled wool weird. Freaking textiles that you're like I don't even know. It's like I don't even know if that was boiled wool or if it was just made to look like boiled no. wool. Well, and things uh, that hemming, hemming was a, they were they are too Nobody poor hems. to afford hemming. Nobody yes, hems. They don't know how to hem. They just sort of but cut they can do random decorative stitching two inches in from the arm side. This but the edge bullshit. is cut and just sort of frayed for shit and like and then everyone's covered in dirt. Oh, do God. we need to talk about bathing? Can we talk I'm about like, the hair? Seriously. Okay. For me, the only way you are allowed to cut your hair in medieval Scotland is with the dullest scythe that is on the farm. Well, and also, you can't even use the sharp one; you have to use the dull one. Apparently, Scottish men are born with a mullet. And hair just doesn't grow. And war braids. Well, yes, this war is braids. the origin of every trope within the um, set in the Highlands romance novel. War braid. Here it is. It wasn't oh. really a thing until Mel Gibson. You're welcome. And, you know, randomly tying bits of shit in your hair. Literally, or, they were like... Or, it was like or, a, or, or, or cat, like, um, uh, uh, what is it? I need to... Yes, you go, gotta give, go me, give me the calm. Give go me the calm it. here. Go okay. for it. You know Kendra, when you go, go to Ren Faire and people have, like, you know, that we've got all our pavilions Fairies. and various things up? No, and then people tie ripped strips a fabric onto things sort of as like an eye-catchy, like don't trip over this or whatever. Yes. They, they, random animal tails. They they had yes. like ripped lengths of fabric just randomly tied in their hair, not yes. doing anything. Yes. And then, yes, fucking animal tails. William Wallace spends half the movie, now it's the same color as his hair, so sometimes it's hard to spot, but in specifically when he goes in for the completely unsatisfying and uh, shag scene, his his... Tail. He has this fur tail tied into his hair that goes kaklonk under under her chest, and and it looks like the rattiest fucking dreadlock you have ever seen in your life. And there's no function to any of this. No function. It looks like Why? sometimes Why? it looks like a hairball stuck yes. in his hair. Yes. Why? That's because like a cat hairball. Because all of his hair is about the same length. Why is it only one tiny section that is tied back? Please, other two. 
It's 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 shut. And then he has the bump it. Yes. Oh yes. He has a bump it. Yeah. The bump it up. But so what confuses me about all of this then, if I'm gonna like step back and try to like actually approach this not as the ball of shit that I feel it is, the dung beetle of cinema. Or as you know, the expert on hair at the table. (laughs) No, just the person who gets annoyed by hair. But hair and all this. What were they actually cinematically trying to say by making all of these Scots look like they just rolled around in the dunghill all the time. <laughs> yes, Scotland, the, the dunghill of hair. Whoa. Well, and Clark's too. Or, I mean, can we point out the fact that in 1300, Edinburgh and Stirling were probably about a millennia old. Yes. You know, these are not new cities. Why do they look like mud puddles on the side of the road? Yes. What the actual fuck? It looked like the bit in the rebooted Battlestar Galactica where they <laughs> land on the mud planet. And they land on this planet where they're actually able to breathe, and so they like build a little outpost. They've been there for six months. Don't they, give out they put, any more ideas. They put <laughs> up some tarps. I mean, that's what it fucking looked like. And then again, all these people walking around with just shit in their hair and burlap sacks on, and then covered yes. in dirt and really obvious wigs. But and oh, the thing yes. here that and really extensions. Can, oh yes. my god, yeah. Uh, Mel Gibson and the hair plugs, not good. But what I didn't actually get, just if you're just going to take it from like a character story angle, is so I'm supposed to think that, uh, yes, okay, William Wallace had this hard childhood, but then his uncle comes in, sends him to France for his education. His uncle was called Argyle, except the only person who can call himself Argyle is the Duke thereof. Oh, Mm. for fuck's sake. Right. But so he's back from France with his fancy education, looking like he rolled out of a fucking dunghill. And I don't understand. But he has a muscle shirt to show off them guns. I don't Always with the no sleeves. So apparently, he's the um, only one. Who Gibson get no is coming him. coming back from wherever he comes back from. France, presumably maybe. France, but maybe not. I don't know. No, he does. Well, but still, in the by film, way of wherever in the film, he's like he not, went on pilgrimage. He's not pushing that he's coming back from France. And he's, he has this whole scene no, where he speaks French to his I life. know, after after a while, he, come, he, he comes back for that. But still, before even, be, even before life. that, he's like, no sleeves. He's like anti-sleeves. What's and, with the and, no and, sleeves? And, and, and living in a house with no roof. No sleeves. Well, well, no, the roof is your sword, remember? Yes, yes. Oh. Because we're dirt poor and we don't know how to wash, but we all have really, really expensive swords that we keep in the thatch of our house. No, just no. Apparently, my, so my, theories, no. my theory is if you sat under that like two inches, it would keep that two inches of rain off. Really? And then what about the Scottish? There weren't very many women uh, oh my God. other than there's his a, wife. He, he has his wife. Virgin and, and then complex there's, And then I guess I guess there's his wife's mother. Yeah. I, I don't and there's know. a few extras. Okay, shall we talk but about... What are they wearing? Okay, in that in that first scene, or not okay, the first scene, but when, he's, when his father and his older brother are being buried, um, I... I I don't honestly remember if William Wallace had a brother. I don't think so. I think he was the oldest son. But anyway, hell, yeah. fuck it all because this is Braveheart. Anyway, Bullshit. Um, yeah. Bullshit. Anyway, he's sitting there and they're burying things. At, uh, burying um, dad People. and older brother. And love of his life. She has an older sister. Or a sister. Yeah, but she has a sister. I'm who disappears. Not. Of course. You know, it's like, we, we see the sister later on, but we don't see the older sister, and there's mom whose only point there is to um, talk about the rain, accuse her husband of her daughter taking after his side of the family, and cry. 
Those are her only functions. There is extremely few females in this film. And the ones that are there are only there to shag Mel Gibson. Oh, totally. And validate his manliness. And I'm like, this is really, really sad because, I mean... Robert the Bruce, we won't even get into Robert the Bruce. I probably have like a whole novel in me about the problems with Get Robert into Robert Bruce the Bruce. Well, um, there's so little of him in this film. I know. He's just there. Oh, but let, can we even talk about the fact that Braveheart actually references Robert the Bruce? Yes. So what is it you. from? What is the term Braveheart from? It's from a poem. Okay. Yeah. It's from the era or later? Later. Later. Okay. Yeah. See, Robert the Bruce is one of those who did it's really amazing ages. things, but then his legend kind of swallowed him whole. Mm-hmm. He was this he was actually a really cool person, but you know, even within ten years of his death he had grown like two, three feet and it was all really ridiculous. But he's this really awesome Scotland's character and typical. Okay, it it okay, they they show him as kowtowing to his dad, who is for whatever reason a leper. Why the fuck is dad a leper? I don't even know. But shall we just focus on the fact that okay, Robert the Bruce named his first child from his first marriage Marjorie. Why? Because his mother's name was Marjorie. And his mother was a fucking badass. Oh, she yeah. wanted her, she wanted Robert the Bruce's dad. And so she kidnapped him, took him to a castle, locked him in, had her way with him, and then said, well, you have to marry me now, honey. Well, now I get the historical precedent with Mary Queen of Scots. See? Okay. Yeah. You, you think Mary Queen of Scots is a bullshit, but she's, she's, she's got... She's no, no. She's, she's got... She's got... There is she's precedent a, for the bullshit. She, she is an annoying martyr, but... Okay. She's Back to Marjorie. Yeah. But Marjorie was fucking badass and awesome, and Robert the Bruce was actually very gung-ho, you know. Well, okay, well, I don't know if he was gung-ho, but he was... Like pro strong women, he had his mom He's as an example. Things. He married women who were equally, you know, independent. He had no problem with his daughter becoming the, or at least his daughter's son becoming his heir after his son died. Of course, I think he was dead at that point, but you know, it, it, it's in keeping with Damn his happens. policies at that point in his life that is like, you know, as long as the person has a good head on their shoulders, what care? Who cares what's between their legs? You know. And he, he's such a milquetoast, pathetic bromance with Wallace. And shall we just talk about the fact that he was probably still in swaddling clothes when Wallace was fighting this thing? Oh, my God. It's, like, oh, so... No. God. Except lechery break. What did you two think, you, uh, Sarah and Brenna, think of the actor who played Robert Oh, Bruce? I would have him in the middle of the road. Yes. He's pretty cute. Oh, <laughs> whatever. I think it was a comparative thing compared to the other yes. options in the movie. I'm like, it if you look at the entire film, I'm like, well, that one. That one is okay. It's okay. 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 <laughs> so anything else to say, though, about the Scottish women's costumes? It, well, other it, than okay, the Scottish Latin? women's costumes are just I don't even know what they are. There's like three of them. Yes. Yes. Um, and they're all wearing the same thing. It's sackcloth and ashes. Sack that has sleeves and then some sort of weird boiled wool tabard over the top. Those are your options, apparently, if you were a Scottish woman. And what would they actually have been wearing in that era? What was fashionable? It, okay, you know, the peasant women would have just been wearing, you know, regular clothes. It wouldn't have been burlap sacks with a boiled wool tabard. Um, but you know the the noble women they would have been in the know. It's not like communication was invented with the smartphone. Seriously, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and 
you know, and, uh, and just to say, the men would have been would have known what the fashions were for men too. They Seriously. wouldn't have been covered in mud with mullets that were oh, that came from God. really really dull shearing uh, shears. Uh, yeah, and and what's what we get in the film is the Bullshit. the the high fashion for the film. That was air quotes, by the way, is. Um, uh, stretch velvet, um, as per our uh, uh, tagline on on our blog, which is, is it, it is it's it's we get pretty pretty princess clothes um, in stretch velvet. Pretty um, pretty princess extending to um, um, Prince Edward and his boyfriend. yeah and even yeah. the king even the king and the king was too. In shitty stretch velvet with like printed gold. And I mean, again, the the like the lurex. It's this. It's that elasticized gold string that they tie the candy box yep. on. Yep. Um, was used to do the trimming. Yep. Well, actually, and again, yeah. what I didn't get. I mean, yep. I get that they're trying to obviously show this huge discrepancy between the Scots rolling around in the yep. dirt and the the upper class English being all fancy and whatever. But the king was supposed to be this badass character. Yeah. So why is he in this comparatively? I mean, he wasn't as poncy as his son, but. No, but can I say that was one of the better performances in the film? Oh, sure. Oh, well, I'm talking about the was. costumes. I'm not talking it about the costumes. It was like, hurrah, someone can act. Although he was kind of cheesy and they, let's roll and oh, I'm so reveling in I mean. He was a scene chewer. Seriously. <sighs> okay. It was no, a little too busy looking for me. It was a little over the top. Um, you know, okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. You're the bad guy. Okay. Check. <laughs> Done. Baddie. Baddie. Done. Okay. And same with you know, his costumes and all the English because they were all just the can you we know. just ask what was going on with the armor? It's like, here, I, oh. I, I'm I, missing my disco ball. Let's see. Oh, what for fuck's sake. It seemed, not only was it obviously frequently knitted uh, fabric. That, it, yeah. it was garter stitch spray-painted silver. Garter stitch yarn spray-painted silver. But then there would be random, like, we're calling it credit card armor. Yeah, credit card I mean, none of it looked, it looked like these little, like, really flimsy yeah. uh, pieces of plastic sort of, you know, walk together. None of it actually looked... In the least bit effective as armor. Yeah, and it wasn't because so many people got their limbs chopped off. Uh, clearly, <laughs> I know. I didn't do shit as soon as they started yeah. fighting. Yeah. yeah, that did you a lot of good against so the Scots in their filthy plaid. And what's surprising about that is that overall. So here's the thing: um, when I first saw it, I thought, "Wow, this is some big epic film. Woo, yay, big epic film!" But the things that stood out to me are, oh, the costumes are kind of shitty. You know, they're just, like, cheap-looking. Mm -hmm. And I didn't... They're even worse in real life. I didn't pick <laughs> apart. I mean, the few things that I picked apart were, like, stretched velvet and zippers and stuff. But going seeing it, and I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any zippers in it. Well, no. I, I remember seeing it in, in this in yeah, big screen. But, um... I saw it six times. Again, I haven't yeah. seen it again. <laughs> I haven't... Yes. Sarah is the resident expert. There are no zippers, okay? Okay, there are. But anyway, I haven't seen it since it's been 20 years. 
And um, so now I'm seeing it again. And I'm seeing all these things with the armor and stuff. I'm thinking. And the wearing the round heads. And, and I'm without seeing. Without proper chainmail or halberts underneath. And I'm seeing all this stuff. I'm seeing. So it's it's cheap in all these other ways. I wonder and, if it was a scale issue. Like and, they just had so many people to costume. And like I'm why? and I'm just I mean I'm just thinking. I think they genuinely didn't assume anyone would know. Um, well, and and what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, okay, the first thing my first impression, first very first impression, is that ooh big impressive ooh epic ooh yay, um, which you know person who's if if you if you're not interested in histor historical <laughs> whatever. Um, you're like, oh, yay, yay. Um, but you, you have that second look. It's really fucking cheap. Yeah. It's really fucking cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I... And I, I, I had that when I was, you know, the first time about certain things, like, you know, stretch velvet and zippers and stuff. And now I'm having it of armor and stuff, which are armor and not, not a thing I would usually look at. But now I'm, like, seeing that. And so but it's it like... it says something if people like you and me who really don't give a shit about armor notice yeah, that it's cheap. And exactly. Looking. And so there's all these, like, there's additional things. There's, like, so many, like, layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of, of cheap when you do a big fucking epic film. At least on the principles. Upon the principle, don't do it cheap. <laughs> That's my point. I think they spent all the money on Mel Gibson's hair and makeup. Yes, and the, and the well, music. Well, you know, it costs money to make sure that your wool they, they did they, they did the, the They did, they used the, they went for the Which the I would settings. not have noticed if Sarah had not pointed out. His, his wool is a completely different color from everybody else's. But it matches his eyes perfectly. I, I think they honestly did the settings and the music. And yeah. And, and that's about it. Because I, I, I think it, it's not even as good as Anya. I'm no, sure. I think it was literally Anya. Oh, really? I think it is actually Anya. You learn something new every time. So let's come back around, though, to Isabella's sure. costumes, because I think that those are obviously... I mean, I, can, I will admit, I remember seeing this back in 95, and the one thing I remember is, ooh, pretty. Yeah. And now, I mean, like, the bubblegum pink dress is, I mean, that color. Whew. Are you I mean, implying that hot pink is not... Okay, those pissed me off to begin with. At the very beginning, those pissed me off because I was like, stretch velvet, zippers... Crushed. Not... Crushed dress, crushed dress velvet. I don't think I saw zippers. I saw... It's it's probably more a noticeable on the big screen, but there are zippers. Okay. And and the crushed velvet is so obvious. Well, I want you to watch it again and find me the find me the I zippers. I will. I will do it. But the crushed velvet is so. You're gonna have to do it on your own this time. Crushed. Right? <laughs> Who cannot see the crushed velvet? Although I mean, again, I'm and saying it's though, everywhere. I'm it saying is. though, as an it's on the king. It's not just on the on on her. On the as the uneducated viewer back in '95 who didn't know anything about medieval costuming, I don't remember having a problem with the the stretch panty crushed velvet. I now still I have, have a, a shit ton of problems with it. I had a problem, but I will say I think they were pretty on her. I thought pretty, they were pretty, but I had a problem. And they did do a really, really good job with the wimple and the, the wimples. Yes, until she discovers sex, and then it's all out the window. Yeah, right? and then Why? apparently she gets all sort of. Whatever. She has a ball. No, neck up, neck up, totally perfect. 
-hmm. neck up, nailed it. And and are those the the braid uh, Princess Leia braid bun on yeah. the ears? Nailed is that, it. Is that appropriate to that particular nailed era, it. Sarah? Totally it's a little later, it. but yeah, yeah. it's, it's, close it's still really it's pretty. Close enough, enough that you can stretch. Close it. enough, yeah. nailed it. Yeah, it's still really pretty. Mm -hmm. And so what about the, I didn't, I, I was so, I will admit now, of course, being so horrified by the stretch velvet that I didn't notice the cuts of the dresses. And I'm wondering to what degree, like, was it Princess Simi or did they actually use vaguely, like, were the lines of the dresses vaguely appropriate to early vaguely. 14th yeah. century? Vaguely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll give them that. Yeah. Everything yeah. was vague. But... Vague. Yeah. Um. Having seen at least one, I, I believe it was one of Mel Gibson's costumes at Hollywood Costume down at what will eventually be the um, Oscar Museum. Fidham? Um, no, no. Um, the one that's going to be the actual Academy Museum. Oh, okay. In LA. It originated in at the Victoria and Albert and mm. was, um, CSA did a big mm. um, thing. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's bring the, brouhaha. And, that's the Costume Society of America. Yes. And um, it was curated by, um, I blanked on her first name, but um, Nadelman Landis, who. Deborah. Deborah Nadelman Landis, mm. who basically invented Indiana Jones. Oh. Thank you. Oh. Um, but there, you have one mannequin that is the Braveheart one. And there is some dispute as to the accuracy of this, but the idea sure. is that um, the whole nine yards was invented about. How much yardage was needed for a kilt? There's not nine yards in any of those kilts. I'm just telling There's you right two now. Yards. Yes, and also, okay, I realize that um, the kilt and then the plaid that goes over the shoulder are all one piece of fabric, but it's not like a dress that you put on pre-made, and that's pretty much what you're staring at. It's like two yards of not fantastic pleating with um, a shoulder strap. So it's like a schoolgirl skirt with a piece thrown over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah. I mean, admittedly, this is really, really weird to like nitpick about, but it's, it's too long. The I'm original sorry. Is there anything that's too weird to nitpick about for us? <laughs> no, nitpick away. Oh, uh, yes. If, if you look at the way people originally wore kilts, they were actually worn a lot shorter. Really? Yeah, so, sure. I mean, um, length or, like, or length. less fabric or lower, like, do you mean how far they went down Hi, to the Higher knee? up the thigh, basically. Oh, okay. So here's the thing that I don't get, though, and I will admit to having this thought as we watch the movie, and sure, I have it with Outlander. Uh, and I know the whole idea of the kilt is that it's, you know, up above all of the underbrush and whatever you're mm -hmm. walking through, but still it's cold and muddy. So aren't your legs cold, getting cold and muddy as you're walking and splattering and... That's why you wear boots and things with it so that it, like it reaches up to the or you wear be boots or hose up to your knee because then there's actually a very small amount that's exposed hmm. to the um, elements okay and my personal belief just because the earliest um formal depiction of the kilt is a portrait of someone in hunting attire is that this was sportswear you yeah. weren't wearing this all the time you were it doesn't have a practical purpose if yeah, you're in your house. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not okay. Is comparing it to yoga pants is a bit weird now because <laughs> people wear yoga pants everywhere. Sure. But it's basically like wearing gym clothes everywhere. You don't. There was a time where we didn't do that. 
There's time and a place. Yes. Is what you're saying. Go back exactly. to the 80s. Think of the 80s and jazzercise. Yes, it's like, exactly. It's like you, you wear it. You wear your only to jazzercise, and then you. You wear it at certain spots, and you don't wear it at others. Yes. Is yeah. At least my perspective. Which makes sense because. It's uh, cold. Be, well, also, also, it makes sense because before the 20th century, every type of clothing it has a specific time and place yes uh you know you have tea gowns you have uh morning gowns you, you have something you clothing. wear to go visiting you have you have you have clothing you wear at each time and place that's also, but that's also very victorian well but, but no but even to, to no, really get no, that specific no. but before that Sure, yes, you absolutely had clothing appropriate to time and place. I just think that the, it's the Victorians who really fine-grained that. Right, but but also, but well, the Victorians did, the 18th century did. Not as much. Well, as to some extent, okay, the 18th yes, century did. Mm -hmm. uh, you had morning clothes, you had evening clothes, you had riding clothes. You had afternoon clothes. You had afternoon clothes. Yeah, and, and different statuses of... of um, uh, to, to basically um, you know, leapfrog onto Sarah's personal research, the reason um, the robe à la... Um, Chemise? No, the no. robe à la reine was so scandalous was because it was considered that the queen was painted basically in her underwear. Yes. I mean, you wore morning wear, etc., and yes. people could see you, but you didn't depict yourself to the public that yes. way, if, if I'm not incorrect. Right. You know. And and so f to extrapolate in some ways, um, you know, a kilt might be for say, you know, for writing, hunting, or, or for hunting, or for writing, but it wouldn't necessarily be for every day, or it wouldn't be for or just if it is for every day, around. it's not the upper echelon. It wouldn't, of yeah, it wouldn't be for some people would wear it for every day, but not everybody for every day. It, I, it depends on who's wearing it. Can I interject? It. Yes. So. In the 14th century, the research that we know about costume in Scotland is incredibly scarce. And yes, I mean, in all honesty, we have no tartans before yeah, I'm not even talking about yeah. tartans. I'm talking about anything. It's yes, exactly. It's incredibly scarce. And especially the best we can do, the best that is actually, you know, has been given down or written down and, and is kind of the, the going theory right now is that if you were a lowland Scot, you would be wearing something incredibly similar to whatever the English or the French would be wearing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was trues, it was tunics, and you would be wearing, basically, if you think about your quintessential 14th century garb, yeah. your quintessential 14th century tunic yeah. and braise, that would be what you yep. would be wearing, what William Wallace would be wearing in 13-0-whatever. Yep. But... Again, you know, we're we're getting into all of this specialization on like what is appropriate for wearing for hunting versus tea versus whatever. Yes. But the point is, is that <laughs> shit did not exist in the 14th century. Period. Yes. Well, yes. It didn't exactly. Well, and the thing that gets me again, if I just step out and say, okay, they clearly were, you know, obviously not interested in be, any sort of specialist knowledge when they made this. But just again, from a like, dun, 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 I'm walking in and watching this movie called Braveheart. I still don't get why all the Scots look like total fucking peasants. Because how would you know? Okay, no, the, the English are supposed to... This is, the, this is really the crux of the issue I Get have. to the crux. Oh, my God. Okay, so the crux of the issue I have with the entire fucking narrative of Braveheart is that it is incredibly anglophobic. 
And what they're doing is they're taking the entire idea that the English are poncy bastards who bathe and who wear pretty clothes <laughs> and who are and ruthless. have fabulous lipstick. And yeah, and, and are who are ruthless and, and sexually depraved because we have the homosexual who is English, right? Yeah. So you've got and, all and then these... they're imposing prima nocta because apparently they can't get it up unless it's about raping somebody else's right. right. And of course, no, and of course, prima nocta is, yes. is is a, is is at best it's a myth. We yes. don't think it ever actually happened in reality. No, prima nocta being this whole ridiculous first idea. night. It's the it's the 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 Lord gets to have sex with the girl, the peasant girl who's married under his vassalage, basically. Which but, which is most likely in literature, not necessarily in reality. It was it was a thing that it was a literary device. But yes. what we're saying now is that, fuck, where were we? The crux. The crux of the. Oh yes. Okay. So the crux <laughs> of the issue is the sexual depravity. The sexual depravity is that is that the reason why we look at this dichotomy of of the dirty Scot who is more authentic than the Ponzi English who are false and you know putting up this false front because they bathe and they wear fancy clothes and they have sex with men. <laughs> is that yes. we're getting this idea that the Scottish, in in a very broad sense, the Scottish, which we're saying sort of this like mythological Highlander type, you know, trope, mm-hmm. is is the more authentic male. It's the more mm. authentic masculine yeah. ideal. Yes. Yes. So, and I know that this this appealed to a lot when I was thinking about back when this movie came out, and I was mm-hmm. hanging out with all these guys in the SCA for like the first few years. I was in the SCA when this movie came out. Um, and it was huge in the SCA. This movie, like, everybody wanted to be a Scotsman <clears throat> because of this fucking movie. And then Rob Roy came out and it was even worse. But um, Rob Roy is another one that kind of perpetuates exactly what but, we're talking exactly. about. Because most of the English are very effete. And then you have Liam Neeson and, and the very, Scots who are very At least rough that's and in manly. the 17th century where right. we have a loyal hang of oh, We're still on the cross. So we're yes. still on this whole thing of, of the, the idea that the masculine man is unwashed, is, is you know, ready to throw down at any minute and can, you know, it's, it's all these, like, stupid, bullshitty patriarchy yes. idealisms that come out of this. And, uh, and, and women and, are just there to endure it. it to, no, of course. to fuck, basically. Yes. Women oh, are yeah. there, like to the, be like fucked. The women, like the women in the movie, the only women that have any sort of screen time in this entire fucking movie are the women that he sleeps with. Mm-hmm. To be fucked. So, so They're the only ones yes. who have any real lines. So, but to not to not to impose that sort of level of shit on my friends back in high school. But I will say that that was a big appeal for that, and I think that that what that spoke to, what that spoke to as a, you know an early you know late teens, early twenties man, male in you know the time when this period, this movie was was huge. Was that it was this idea of authenticity of real masculinity? It was, and that's why we see this glorification of the dirty, unwashed, disgusting, which no woman would ever fuck in a million years, being glorified over. You know, the guys that honestly, like all of us girls sitting around the table, were like, well, yeah, we'd actually like totally be with those guys before we'd be with like William Wallace and his guys, just because you know nothing else on. The hair plugs, yeah. Okay, well, the hygiene level. Yes, but so, but but let's also talk about the having fact a vocabulary. That, let's know. also talk about the fact that that the hygiene issue was yes. that in the 
14th century in Scotland, they still knew how to bathe. No, they shut the corner. <laughs> they <laughs> had soap. They really, really they did. They did. They did. And this is the part that kills me more than anything is that they had bathing. And yeah, I know when you're in war and you're rolling around in the mud trying to kill everybody, mm -hmm. yes, you're not like going to brush your hair or brush your teeth or like yeah. bathe. I mean, I'm not talking about the middle of a but, battlefield. But they're doing but... this when they're in the middle of like, you know, idyllic scenery and it's like home and they're just looking gross. Yeah, it's like, yeah well, I totally just killed people and I'm covered in their blood, but I'm not going to bother to wash it off. So, no, cool. so and we know we know to use whiskey to sterilize a wound, yeah. but we don't know how to wash our faces. Yeah. So anyways, that was my crux. Yes. yes. It goes Is, and goes. Again, tying into the whole, you know, feminist or gender, you know, angle on the movie, the fact that the main female character, Isabella, the the way she gets her revenge is by getting knocked up by William Wallace, and which is, you know, completely ludicrous. Uh, impossible. And, and then... So impossible, yes, because let's point out, she would have been, like, four years old, the yes. actual historical character. The actual historical character would have been four, year olds, four years old, and even if she wasn't, you don't send princesses into the jaws of... That was... Freedom fighter, rebellion, guerrilla, warfare. You know, they stay locked up in the castle until they are safely impregnated by the person you want to So that was ridiculous, but even in the movie. So her big revenge is that that she's now substituting Willem Wallace's, you know, bloodline, blah, blah, blah. But nobody's going to know. So, ooh, but, zinger there. But ooh. the audience knows. Oh, and then and, he just walks away with historical and accurate information. Yes. And then yes. she and have tells. You genuinely been asked about this about its accuracy. And then she tells the king, the king, king as, as he's dying, as he's he done. can't say anything back. Whoop de doo, woo! Oh, burn. And again, this is a snark on the filmmakers for yeah, the because women such shitty ass. Whoop de doo! Rules. God. All right. And yet, in spite of all of that, it's like okay, I realized the whole idea was that he's inspired because his um, secret wife is killed. It's like as he's being, um, you know, disemboweled, he uh, he hallucinates that he sees his his beloved wife, who I think he has all of like three conversations with. Right. Oh God. Okay. Shag in the cold by the creek. Yeah. Yeah. Can I? Can I? Let's, let's roll back that because seriously, his you know one true love that he had, uh, as we have seen, about five seconds with yes, um, one fuck. And fuck, really? Yeah, it was like, like fade to black. Yeah, well, they stood that. around naked nipples, by a creek. You saw nipples, and then I, it faded. I mean, <laughs> okay, getting dressed. And and this is his giant. She's him. This is his giant thing that giant motivation. Thing. There is no this giant is super thing motivation. It's nighttime in the middle of winter in Scotland. With no... Even in summer, for fuck's sake, no. it's cold up there. No, this At is... Night, by the side of a creek, no covering. Yeah, it's not giant. This is his <laughs> huge motivation to go to war, to, like, two wars, and to but get... But then why does he fuck the French queen if he's so, like... Exactly! Because guy's got needs. You've got to get it in. A man has needs. I okay? mean, I'm down with that, but then don't make it, like, some big, like, oh. epic love story. No, 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 no. She was the one who fell in love with him. He just fucked her. Oh, I fun. don't understand men. How charitable. How charitable. I don't get men. So this entire movie can be summed up by 
It is Mel Gibson's wank fest. Yes. Except that even when he's getting essentially castrated to the very end, he's thinking about the woman he fucked once, except that he went on and fucked the, you know, queen to be of whatever. What? I don't get you fucking fucktard. And, what? And, and the fucking of the said princess basically consisted of him gently laying her down on a bed and letting his cheesy ass Davy Crockett roadkill roadkill go clunk on her and fade to black. <laughs> what, what? Okay, both like, both sex scenes went were fade to black, but whatever. Not that I want to see Mel Gibson getting it on. No, I don't. I, you know, what? I don't. It, it, it no. would break up the monotony. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to see. But still, on I principle, I don't want to see either. That said, if he was world. if he was all like, ooh, my one true love, you fucked some princess, and that was why? Why did you? What? And you're dying because of the he first could, true love. He couldn't resist but the panic. What? 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 No man can resist the panic. No, okay, basically, hot the, pink was his color. Okay. Yes. Bubblegum pink, the, I would yes, say. Yes, yes. I, I think the moral of the story, to me, is Don't that... Don't watch this fucking movie. Well, Ever. Because you'll stick a fork in your eye. We've well, done it for you. Well, there's Be grateful. that. There's that. But there's also that men are dicks. Yes. And, well, um, a, a certain type of man is a dick. <laughs> yeah. Boys certain, are dicks. Certain types? Yes. Mel Gibson is a dick. massive certain fucking cock. cock. Certain type? <laughs> Not in a good way. No. I don't know. Uh, Not in the right area. Men, men will just always like fuck a chick because they can. She's available. She's hey, there. It's available, right? That's it. Done. Also, there's like no logical reason for how he gets access to what's her face. Oh, she just she rides she back. Up. She rides yeah. back to York or whatever. Hangs she out in some him. fucking peasanter's croft, and yeah, it's all hey, totally come over and fuck me. Because that's totally what princesses have Totally. And I feel would like this, the moral of the story is that if you can get pussy, that's all that matters. Really? Yeah. And then if you're not getting pussy, you may as well just get No, the moral executed. of the story is freedom! Oh, freedom to get say. pussy! I don't buy... Hadn't he been disemboweled by the point where he yelled freedom? Here's the no, how do you being How do you yell when you are disemboweled? You know, and also, I call, he yelled I, I that before, it, and then he got pussy. Four Christ, in, you know, moments he, there. He oh, yelled it while he was being. He executed. yelled it before he got pussy, and then he got pussy, and then he yelled it again. And he got pussy. He yelled it so he could get pussy. That's all it was about. It's a patriarchy. It's the fucking patriarchy. Fuck Mel Gibson and his fucking patriarchy. Yes. All right, I think we've devolved. I think we need to wrap this sucker yeah. up. Yeah, done. Yeah, okay. I'm like on a historical accuracy point. I I don't even know where to begin. The blog post forthcoming. As far as I know, William Wallace only fought two proper battles, and one um, of which was on a bridge. Yeah, we saw no bridges in this. The Battle of Sterling no Bridge. The Battle of Sterling Bridge. Not a bridge in sight. Yeah, no and bridges, by the way, that no was Sterling. his only was, victory, and he wasn't technically in charge there. Someone with military experience was there in you charge go. there. The one time he was in charge, they failed miserably. Maybe it was a metaphorical bridge. There you go. It's about pussy. pussy. Yes, the bridge <laughs> to pussy. 
like a bridge <laughs> over pussy waters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Take Jesus. us out, Tristan. Let's wrap this up. Okay, thank no, you. Thank you all for dealing with our suffering. We apologize. But, But, you know, it's what happens because... We had to endure this film. Totes. And um, hope you endured it with us. Or if you didn't, well, you're better off than we are. So thanks so much. And um, there we are. It's Snark Week. It's um, Braveheart... We took one for the team. Except it isn't. We are all demoralized. We are Freedom. We, you should see our faces. Oh. We all just look like we want to die. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Because God damn. But the only thing that does give us any faith are uh, our lovely supporters yes. who support us in many ways, but particularly those who support us through Patreon, which you can do as well if you go on our website and click on Support Frock Flicks with a very small donation. You can support the costs involved in running Frock Flicks, including podcasting equipment and web hosting and paying for uh, larger file size images that load faster. Jesus, and, yes, and also, please. please, the load time. Oh my God. Yeah, the load time is killing us all. <laughs> we, we really appreciate it. Pre, uh, Patreon, PayPal, um, you can do Buy it. You can help us. Uh, and, and so we um, thank you very much and uh, we're signing off. Thank you very much and bye. Bye. bye.